all joy in our lives, working for us, praying for us, leading us and guiding us. What could be better? So we thank you, Lord, that the God of all mercy is here to help us. And we ask you to speak to us, Lord, the things that we need to know so that we can be effective, we can be successful, we can prosper, we can do everything in your name. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So today we're going to talk about working your faith. Amen. Working your faith because it um, James 2:14 tells us 14 through 17 tells us that faith without works is dead because it's alone and <clears throat> many times we feel when our faith is challenged or we we feel like um we're not really using our faith but we don't want to admit that We'll kind of get contentious about it, you know, and tell people, well, I have faith, you know, and James said devils have, they, devils know that, but they tremble. You understand what I'm saying? They, they understand that there's some work that has to validate and justify your faith. Amen. And so when we, we say we have faith, that's kind of like a given because the Bible says to every man is dealt the measure of faith amen so we all start out on a level playing field but some of us run a little faster some of us are a little bit more uh, prosperous successful some of us have a little more to show for uh, the exercise of our faith because we we start to learn early how to keep your faith working how to keep it involved in something in your life so that you can can have a strong faith amen you can have a faith that is engaged in the pursuit of things related to your life uh, if you keep your faith engaged in something it will always be available to you if you if you put it away and not use it for certain things then you go to pull it out again it's rusty you got me and and so we have to understand that there are are the bible says justified people live by faith we don't live by what we can do without god we don't live by oh it's not that important i don't have to pray or i don't have to you know that kind of stuff because one day you're going to really need it for something and when you when that need comes upon you it's not going to be there for you the way you need it to be you understand what i'm saying it has to be engaged at all times in in your life in pursuit of of something in uh, activity in speaking in meditating there has to be uh, an embracing of the life of faith um period you know in all things and i think that's probably where believers fall short we tend to pick and choose what things we're going to get uh, the word involved in and where we can cut corners and i just go do this myself and you know then when the biggie comes and and the biggie never comes because you never tackle the small things see god is not going to get you involved in something that's going to overwhelm your faith you have to work your way up there. You know what I'm saying? In the small everyday things, then you're ready for the large. 
And, and many times we, we kind of like indict ourselves by the things that really, really challenge us and, and we can't go any further. I know there was a, um, uh, in the word of faith movement, there was, there were several prominent ministers that succumbed to illness because apparently they weren't prepared faith wise to meet that large of a challenge. Now, God makes it easy for us. Now, let me get this straight, number one. You're not overwhelmed by anything ever in God. All you have to do is be faithful to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he will always lead you to use your faith. Amen? I've I've seen it where ministers who are, are faith people you know believe in god people will get some kind of symptom and god's trying to lead them to the answer by directing them to use their faith like for instance um a minister had a something was wrong he said he knew something was wrong with his throat and he went to doctors three different times and they found nothing. And so you and I know that's a sign you're healed. Go home, get in the word, and I'll take care of it. Now, how many of you believe that? Everybody in here believes that. Because we we preach that to each other. If you're going to believe the word, believe the word. And see, what eventually happened is somebody found something. You got me? Because if you don't follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom where your healing is and through faith and you go the natural, you're going to run into something that the natural produces. So what you've done is you've disconnected your faith from God's kingdom and you put it over into man's hand in the natural realm and you're you're demanding that the natural realm satisfy a need God's going to do for you. You got me? Nothing wrong with doctors. If that's what's going to help you. If that's what's available to you. But there is a path of faith for all of us to get on. And if you follow that path and say you follow that path and it doesn't, you don't get your healing supernaturally by the word. But at least you followed that path before you dropped off or you got overwhelmed or you took a day off mentally and the devil convinced you that your symptoms were too big and you don't have time to develop your faith. You know how that goes. We all been there. and We all go there. And so many times you'll get stuck in that kind of. But I believe there is still a supernatural route for us, even when we get stuck up that street. It's too hard. It won't work. I want to get this over with. Y'all know the, the whole drill. There is a supernatural route still available to us. Why? Because God, God won't, he can't deny himself. God, I've been on this faith road all this time. You mean to tell me I got to get off because I can't believe strong enough and you can't help me with my unbelief. 
so faith will take care of it and the reason i think this is important for believers is few people live this way so we've got the devil fighting us we've got the world fighting us we got church folk fighting us you understand what i'm saying (laughs) so it's a fight but it's not impossible to get your victory in it you understand what i'm saying it's not impossible because if you if you follow god's leading there's always another scripture to meditate on there's always another prayer to pray there's always another door of revelation that will open to you that will get you satisfied that your faith is going to do it you got me it'll get you satisfied that your faith is going to do it i don't know why some things linger and go slow for us every that scared everybody see but that's the truth you understand what i'm saying everybody who's ever sought god for anything wants it right away so waiting is not like okay waiting i embrace you as my friend no we hate that waiting you know what i'm saying because there's a part of us that understands the miraculous is available understands the immediate is of the instantaneous is available and so we want to hold on to that don't ever let go of that believing for the instantaneous because it's going to be instant at some time see when it comes it's going to be instant amen and so in working your faith we have to make sure that our faith is engaged in the big and the small that your faith is engaged in the the uh, the temporal and in the the eternal that it's always engaged if you decide that you're going to get natural help for a situation maybe a sickness in your body or symptoms in your body stay in the word don't go leave the word and say i'm going to take this route out and it's all going to work out fine you stay in that word because your spirit still has to grab onto it when it's time to grab onto it you have to develop your own faith for these things you've got to believe god requires that of everybody he required that of of the jew and the gentile alike when they came to him for what they needed and so it requires faith is your investment in you your faith is your investment in you when you believe something you commit yourself to it so that you can't blame somebody else when your faith fails god demands that from us you've got to have the confidence to say i'm putting something out there so that i have something of me invested in this other than that we just watching traffic go by we watching everybody else pray for us and then we can judge them as not being james 2 14 says what does it profit my brethren though a man say he has faith and that does not have works can faith save him if a brother or sister is naked destitute of daily food and you say to him depart in peace be warm be filled bless you sister just go on your merry way and you don't try to clothe them 
What kind of faith are you? You understand what I'm saying? So you haven't profited that person any. They told you they have a need. And you haven't done anything about them. <laughs> so where is your faith? Huh? See, your faith will cost you something. If you see somebody in a need and, and you know what the remedy is, it's going to cost you something to get invested in, in remedying that, that problem. It's the same thing with faith. Your faith is, your, in order for you to, to get what you need from God, you're going to have to invest yourself in your faith. You're going to have to put something out there. You're going to have to sacrifice something. You have to lay something on the line. You gotta, you gotta put you in that. And, and see, that's where the fear comes in. Now, when you're new at this, the first thing that'll happen is, what if it don't come to pass? What if it does? What if it don't happen? What if it does? See, this is the challenge. That's unbelief speaking to you saying the what ifs. The what ifs are always unbelief. Faith will always stare unbelief in between the two eyeballs and tell you it will happen because God said so, not because it's me involved in it. God says it's happened. I can take that to the bank. Cash the check. And I know that's right. Amen. And we have to look at life like that. You got to look at all situations like that. Your faith is being invested in God. It's not your faith anymore. He says, even so, if it has not works, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Faith has to have helpers. Faith has to, to have love. You got to have a pure heart when you go before the throne of God. It, it righteousness must be involved in these things and then virtue strength you got to have the the strength to tough it out when the going's tough and it'll get tough because what the devil sees is not just somebody believing for a, a bill to be paid or a promotion in a job he sees somebody getting ready to understand that he can't stop them That's more of a threat to him than you getting a bill paid. Because you get enough devil in you, you go stick up somebody and get your bills paid. And he that's what he's banking on. <laughs> he banking on that happening. But if he ever lets us find out that God's word works... And it works every day on everything. And he can't make us think there's a situation that the word won't take care of. See, that's what he's trying to keep you from figuring out. So if he can keep you weeping, whining, moaning, groaning, saying it's too hard. Why do I have to always be the one to read the word? Then that other part of you says, I just love the word. They say, I don't want to read this word. <laughs> huh? I love me some Jesus. I know you do. But it's going to take faith for you to depart from your normal routine and <laughs> go dive in that word and stay in there. Huh? So 
faith is what we can say fairly weak without helpers. It's got to have, it's got to be at work doing something for it to have strength and for it to be effective. So saying you have faith like, you know, that's a big deal. It's not a big deal. What's your faith accomplishing you? What's it accomplishing for you? What's it doing in the earth? What's it attached to? Where's the promise that it's working on? You got to have that in operation at all times. So we need to understand that God means for his word to come to pass. He will bring it to pass. Now he's serious about it. So God believes his word. He has total faith in his word. So the word has faith in itself. That word says, I will not return to heaven and tell God I couldn't do it. So the word has faith in it, in and of itself, just all by itself. That's why when you, you can read the Bible and, and you sit and that word like jumps on you. And you get a little quick and then you say, ooh, that's pretty good. Let me read, let me read on. Huh? Amen. Because the faith that was on that word is now been imparted to you if you'll receive it. Now the Bible talks about the children of Israel died in the wilderness. They refused to mix the word refused. Refuse to mix the word with faith. You know, it's hard not to have faith in God. And it's hard not to have faith in God's word. We believe the word because we want to see it come to pass. I mean, just just wanting something will make you believe. That's how most of y'all that's married got married. You wanted to believe that brother was gone. He... Oh, excuse me. Hi, Poppy. And and we know he ain't done half of what he promised to do, did he? That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. She didn't either, did she? Right, that's right. <laughs> right. I think I got the right crowd now. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> but you believe it because you like it because you want to see it happen I mean that's just but imagine refusing to believe for any reason what what would be the reason huh well the reason is what everybody thinks anyway you don't say it you're wondering what it's going to cost you that's true Huh? Israel knew that they had to go into the promised land and they knew that there were people living there already. But they also knew that God told them he would drive those people out from before their face. No, no foe will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And they kind of like, yeah, cause I ain't going. They ain't getting in front of my face because I ain't going to show up for the battle. You understand what I'm saying? We doing good right here. I'm walking around this mountain for 40 years. 
girl them the same shoes we didn't have for 10 years yeah they grew and they shrunk as we grew and shrunk they huh well that's good at least we got shoes huh god doesn't put that spirit in us that's the devil settling for less than what god says huh then he'll call it wisdom he'll call it you know whatever he wants to dress it up make it look pretty for you so you'll believe it's okay well it's not what god promised you but he's convinced you that it's okay huh he convinces you of that because when you first hear about it you're supposed to put your faith in there with it once you mix your faith in there with it we're in a whole new different ball game now huh because god accounts you as righteous when you believe him gotta show him you believe him but he counts it as righteous how do we do that how do you maintain righteousness as a christian well you obey the commandments what's the first one love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind strength your neighbors yourself be in the place of exalting God. Be in the place of worshiping him. Be in the place of getting in your word. Put him first. Talk to him first in the morning when you first wake up before you get on social media. Amen. Wow. Don't you post nothing till you post yourself in the phone room. Post yourself there first. Huh? You don't think God counts that as righteousness? When you go to him first and you say, God, I'm obeying the first commandment. I love you. I exalt you. I worship you and I praise you. I magnify you. What do you want me to do, God? I'm submitted to you today. Father, forgive me for putting it off too long, being slothful, trying to get out there ahead of you. We know what we do. Huh? Get that stuff out of the way so he can deal with you as a righteous person. So we must believe. We must mix the word with our faith. That's how you possess what God has for you. It's inside of you now. You've received it on the inside in your spirit now or in your heart and so because it's on the inside of you it can't be taken away from you you can't get it out of there now you can ignore it if you want to but but my advice is is just you know feed it it's starving in there if we don't feed it regularly with the word so even though you don't see it in the natural that doesn't mean anything this natural realm is tricky anyway it's here today and gone tomorrow so if you're depending on something in the natural for what god promised you supernaturally you forget it jesus said didn't i tell you if you believed you would see i tell you will see nothing without believing it huh that ain't how my kingdom works huh that's the other guy satan is the master of deception he'll get your eyes fixed and focused on something and you you just know it's god 
every time I see it, I get, hey, God, it's got to be God. Nothing quickens me like, if it ain't God, if it ain't God, I don't quicken. Whatever. So, you know, and, and it's in the visible realm. That's going to be tip off number one. It ain't for you. Because <laughs> if it's on the inside of you, how can it be on the visible realm all of a sudden, all the time? You can go feast your eyes on it. Go. Listen, y'all got to forgive me. I lived through the 80s and the 90s and the millennium in the body of Christ. And I have seen many things come and go. I remember when people was putting pictures of airplanes and million dollar bills on their refrigerator and that's their faith. Ain't none of it happened. The refrigerator broke down. Them little pictures sitting up in somebody's junkyard right now. Huh? You know, an airplane's pretty big to be carrying around all. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Why don't we work on, let me believe God to keep the refrigerator running. He lay hands on that. Seeing if I got faith to keep my appliances running. See if. You understand what I'm saying? Start where you at. Use your faith where you are. Go jumping off on somebody else's vision, somebody else's dream. What you gonna do with airplane anyway? Are you scared to get in one? Gotta take Dramamine and all that other stuff just to get on there. They come by with the little bar and you say, well, I'm a Christian. I guess I can't drink, but I'm nervous. God ain't going to get you in no trouble like that. Come on now. Believe God to save your household. Believe him to get your family straightened out. See, that's working your faith. Keep your faith involved in everyday, day-to-day things. I was thinking about this the other day and I thought to myself, I have a desire to partner with people in what they're believing God for. You know, when when God says to, you know, I mean, not just you guys, but but other people as well. And I thought to myself, I said, God, I'm believing you for about six or seven miracles here all at one time. You understand what I'm saying? It becomes a driving force in your life after a while to keep your faith involved. Because when them things pop and they come to pass, glory. You understand what I'm saying? Not just just that I prayed for something and it happened. I'm way beyond that, folks. You understand? God will whoop that out of you in a few years. You'll be, you'll be running from prayer responsibilities sometimes. You understand what? He's got to get you over certain hurdles and over certain humps in your, in your life of faith. 
but I, I find myself texting people. I said, well, I want to partner in this miracle with you and, and, you know, just know that, that I'm in agreement, whatever it is God's shown you, whatever, whatever. Why? Because I want to keep my faith working. I'll sit up there and let my faith go dormant just because I don't need anything or I don't have anything right. I'm not working on anything right now. My faith is a property of the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not my property. Once you invest your faith in God's word, it becomes the property of God's kingdom, folks. You're invested in something much bigger than you are. So if it helps somebody to know that somebody somewhere is in agreement and praying with them for whatever it is that they need, that's a kingdom happening. It has nothing to do with me. I'll believe God for anything on just because I hate the devil so much. I love Jesus more, but I sure hate the devil a lot. doesn't cost me anything to get up and thank God for blessing that person, healing that person, continue to stand for that person's healing their miracle. It doesn't cost me anything to do that. Part of my daily routine is worshiping God and thanking him for what he's doing. And it's not hard. It's, you know, you don't have to put a bunch of candles around and get a bunch of Bibles, Lannis. Set aside time. If he lives in you, it's not like he coming through the, God forbid he come through your front door. You can get it open for all the junk. <laughs> I should put that caution yellow tape up. Hazard. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. You know what I'm saying? No, God, don't know. Do you like the centurion? I'm not worthy. Don't come to my house. No, no, no. Oh, just speak the word. I'm good. <laughs> Thank God he don't have to come on the premises. Uh, Coco charging the door. She still don't know how to not jump on that door when somebody goes out. Can't treat the Lord like that. <laughs> So faith is work, folks. That word work will never remove itself from how faith will will play, pay benefits or how it will work out for you. The, faith, the fact that it is work places a responsibility on us to get our faith in motion, put our faith in motion. We must believe. He says, if we believe, then we will see. Now, there's a blessing in seeing first and then believing. You know, you you get to enough healing meetings and you see God heal people. You have a visible, but it goes along with the heart faith. At some point, that visible is not going to be there to help your faith on the inside. That's got to come strictly from the word. Amen. So in order to keep that strong, you have to really divorce yourself from snooping around in the natural, trying to see how it's going or how it's not going. Because the natural is not going to tell you nothing about how your faith is going. 
In fact, it's really a contradiction of terms to say you have faith and you got to keep checking and seeing how it's going. Faith is faith and seeing is seeing. I must say it again. Remember we used to pull that scripture out. God show me a token for good. That's when you want to cheat on your faith. You get tired of believing and believing and believing. Well God has a remedy for that. But let me turn to there and just... Let me see if I can find it. I'm all over the place as usual. Okay, let me try Mark chapter 9. See if that's where it is. You know, God is not like testing our faith. Matthew, Mark. Okay. Mark chapter 9. Let me find this first. God is not flunking us out of stuff. Yeah, Mark chapter 9. Well, I'll just go through this one because it's got several things I want to talk about as far as unbelief is concerned. Don't let yourself get real wound up about that. You understand what I'm saying about not believing? Do I have enough faith? (laughs) Trying to judge your faith. Once it's invested in God, it's judge proof. As long as you're believing God's word, your faith is judge proof. Your faith is in the realm of the tested and the tried and came out victorious realm. That's where it is. What the enemy wants to do is get us to pull our faith out of trusting God, put it over in some rinky-dink stuff, or then put it back on the shelf and let it stay dormant till we get enough courage to pull it back out again. Or we get pressured. (laughs) That's how God gets us to exercise faith on a lot of stuff. We just can't do nothing. Well, all I can do is pray. This is from people that's been saved a lot of years. I'm just praying. What else did you want to do? Go hold somebody up? Go go in heaven and just bust the door open and stick God up and say, you better do this. Don't think it hasn't occurred to me. (laughs) If I thought it would work. So, okay, here's Jesus and this little boy. Uh, Jesus has not, he wasn't with the disciples for a season. He was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He comes back down. He sees them having a healing meeting. I'm not going to even go there. I could go there all day long. All these unauthorized healing meetings. I'm going to mention this about this. Jesus was absent from them. You know from all the examples you see in the word how much they depended on him being there. He's up there. He's in the bottom of the boat sleeping. They come down. They're scared. Master, don't you care? We're going to die up here. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So they depended on him very greatly. 
for their confidence, their faith, back up when they when they couldn't do it. You know, they knew he was right there all the time. Well, he's not there. And they get pressured into having a healing meeting. This guy comes up to him and says, my little boy is sick. Y'all heal him. I didn't see y'all with Jesus. And you even go out by yourself sometime. So heal my boy. Jesus comes down and sees them fussing and arguing because the boy is still down there writhing and foaming at the mouth and ain't nobody help worth nothing. They want to blame the man because we didn't do this on our own. He made us start praying for his boy and that's how we get in this trouble. But Jesus proves an important point here. Remember when the disciples came to him and said, why do the disciples of John fast often and we don't? And the Pharisees back that up. Why They asked the question, how come your disciples eat all the time? In other words, you know, church people always get accused of gluttony. <laughs> we do eat a, a little extra chicken. A little, you know what I'm saying. You're going to get accused of something. People who are religious and not deep will always accuse you in the superficial things. Their, their, their accusation is never on a deep level. It's always on something they can see and criticize. And But when Jesus answered the question, what did he say? He says, can the bride, can the members of the bridal party fast as long as the bridegroom is with them. In other words, he says, it's time for us to rejoice and celebrate because the Messiah is here. So there's no need for them to fast. What would they be fasting for? You're fasting for Jesus to come. He's right here. So there's no no need for it. But he's been missing from them for a while. Oopsie. We haven't seen Jesus in a couple days now. He's been up there on the... It takes a long time to get up to a mountain and back down, y'all. It's not like he's just went for lunch or something, be back in a little bit. But he would always separate, often separate himself from them when he needed to. So the bridegroom has been taken away from them temporarily. So they should have been fasting. Trying to cast the devil out. Then a sick boy comes up foaming at the mouth and acting. And the devil, as long as you let him foam at the mouth, he will foam even more. So he down there performing, making everybody look bad. The disciples like, come, 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 huh? When Jesus sent them to do it, in other words, they had divine authority and divine permission. It worked so well, they came back bragging about, dude, did you see that big devil that jumped? And I said, my name, he fell down dead. And they all doing all that. And Jesus said, now wait a minute. I saw that dude fall from heaven. He ain't got no power. He said, the miracle is that you are saved. Or you can get saved. Amen. Don't marvel that the devils are subject to you. 
biggest mistake people in the body of Christ, when they get a little authority, man, they go nuts. They cast out one devil and start a ministry off of it. They do. Most of them excited because their kids won't obey them. Just a thought. So anyway, I mean, they're glad for anything to obey them. They say, I got a devil now. Still, kids still cutting up. You've been casting them out for 10 years now. So, so anyway, he comes, he comes and he sees this unauthorized prayer service, healing, deliverance meeting going on down here. He, they even now they got a big crowd. It is not a multitude like Jesus is accustomed to. It's not a faith multitude. It's an unbelief, doubt, trouble, accusation. It's that kind of meeting now. One of the multitude, verse, he says, verse 14, when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning them. So the religious devils can get involved. You, The more unbelief you have and the more downhill the meeting goes, the more people get involved. Huh? It's a lost cause then. So they need Jesus to show up big. All the people, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. He asked the scribes, why are you questioning my peeps? See, Jesus, even when we're wrong, he will always undertake for us. In other words, he tells him, you don't have authority over my crew. And you don't have to answer no religious devils as to what you're doing. You don't owe them nothing. Sit up and let nobody question you about nothing. And one of the multitude answered said, Master, I brought them my son, which had a dumb spirit. Wherever he takes him, he tears him, he foams at the mouth and carries on and all of that. And I asked him to cast him out and they couldn't do it. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. So he rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith. See, it's one thing I know that when you're accustomed to the anointing, you know if you got faith to do something or not. So here the disciples knew they didn't have the faith to do it unless somebody push them up into doing it anyway. That's a warning. Amen. You got to have peace about what God tells you to do. And they brought him to him. And right away, he when he saw him, the spirit started acting up, tore him, and he fell to the ground, wallowed and foaming. Yes, his father, how long is it ago that this happened? He said since he was a child. Oftentimes it throws him in the fire and the water to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us and jesus said <laughs> it ain't about what i can do it's about what you can do yeah. it's never been on me to do this yeah. amen 
Jesus helps our faith, but you got to come to him with your measure first and put it totally in him. So Jesus then, after he asks them this, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And right away he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. So it's obvious somebody ain't believing something because they don't have success ministering to this child. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying to him, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him, enter no more. Now Jesus is doing several things here. Number one, he got a reputation to keep. So while the little boy's down there thrashing away, he's just kind of chatting with the dad. When, how long has this been going on? But when the crowd gets big enough, that's when he goes in operation. See, with us, it's the opposite. The more people, the more scared we are. You understand what I'm saying? But with Jesus, he knows who he needs to prove. See, he's got to go around all these people that watched his disciples screw up. He's got to set them straight in their faith. So he's just waiting for the crowd to get big enough so he can demonstrate the power of God. Huh? This father says something interesting to him. Uh, I'm not sure if it it said right here, but he told the, the, the guy said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Yeah, he did. In verse 24, Jesus said, oh, he says, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Let me back up a little bit. He talks to the disciples and Verse 19, he says, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought him, and when he saw him straight away, the spirit tore him, and he fell to the ground, wallowed and foaming. His father says, How long ago since this came to him? He said, Of a child. Oftentimes he cast him into the fire and the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us he says jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible to him that believe and the man said i believe some but help my unbelief when jesus saw the people came running together he rebuked the foul spirit and cast him out etc etc and the spirit cried and rent the child sore and he came out fell as if it was dead jesus took him by the hand lifted up and when he arose And when the disciples later asked him why, what the problem was, we've been doing this all along. This time it didn't work. We've been casting out devils ever since you sent us out. This time it didn't work. Why not? Instead of doing what most ministers do, make up some excuse, fluff it off, or blame it on the little boy and his daddy. Huh? You go to the master and you ask him why this usually works for us. Why didn't it work this time? Amen. And he says, because of your unbelief. 
And he said this, he said, this kind will go out by nothing but by prayer and by fasting. What kind? Gives you a hint in the sentence. He's talking about unbelief. He's not talking about that devil. He's talking about unbelief. See, they have the devil of unbelief in them trying to, if Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub, his kingdom is ruined. So the devil don't cast himself out. He might hide and pretend that he's gone, but he ain't going around dislodging spirits and, and, and killing his own kingdom power. Got me? So unbelief goes out by prayer and fasting, not that devil. And the disciples kind of knew this because they knew the lifestyle that Jesus lived. He didn't try and do a lot of things, eating and drinking and all that kind of stuff. He did fast when he needed to fast and they got in the habit of doing it too. But this one can only come out. Unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting. So that's why we fast before we do certain things. You know, so with some people, it's automatic. You'll find that you don't have as much appetite to eat or, you know, you feel like you think you have a nervous stomach when you know you have to go and pray and do certain things. And so you are dealing with the uh, the stuff that would hinder your faith from coming out in full power so that you can do the works of God. And so when we when we understand that there are certain helps that we can get when we need to get ourselves spiritually connected enough to do the works of God, then those are the things that we do. And so Jesus wanted this unbelief dealt with so that this this little boy could be set free. His father could know that that God was helping him. So fasting really starves unbelief, starves it out. And it allows us to be able to do the works of God and to be successful in them. I would do that all the time. If I had to go somewhere and minister, I wouldn't eat anything before. It was just like an automatic thing. You just don't even think about food because you're kind of meditating on what what God has for you to do. (laughs) Now I have to do it, and it's kind of a struggle for me, but I'll get back to it. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, because I eat too much the wrong times many times. You understand what I'm saying? And so God wants us to be able to be yielded to him, to hear from him, and also to move in his power when we need to have that power. It takes a little bit of discipline. But the Holy Spirit helps us so much because he is full of faith and he's full of power and he wants us to share in that power and so jesus had to rebuke his disciples number one they're having an illegal prayer meeting wasn't authorized by him and they got in a mess of trouble trying to do things behind his back you know what i'm saying so we have to watch that kind of stuff as believers amen we really do so in working your faith fasting becomes an asset to you amen because if if unbelief is blocked through prayer and fasting you know sometimes you'll get to a certain situation and you don't know what's facing you when you when you go there if you go there to do something for god you don't know what you're going to face when you get there 
and fasting helps you to get your spirit it it kind of <coughs> puts a damper on your flesh and your soul blocks that out and causes your spirit to rise up so that your spirit man is strong enough to pull the revelation god wants you to have and the power god wants you to have so that you can do these things fasting is very important it really really is now i'm not one of these people that does it prolonged if god tells people to do that i think that's fine but but generally speaking just in in what believers have to do and in all of that god will show you how to prepare your spirit so that it can hear from him can grab on to the thoughts that god gives it the gifts of the spirit work more freely more regularly when you fast and and many times you're fasting diminishes as you take on the anointing that god wants you to take on there are some people that that don't have to fast very much because god's already placed an anointing on them but many times they don't watch it enough to know when it begins to wane and drift off and they need to go back and do something else again to get that power the way it's supposed to be but fasting is a great help especially in dealing with demons and having authority over devils and all that kind of stuff i would fast sometimes because i just get i i was as a sinner i was prone to a nervous stomach and sometimes i just didn't feel i could go a long time without eating before you know what i'm saying it wasn't god directed but i knew i could do it and so i just kept that habit when i knew i had to go somewhere and minister or something and sure enough some nice looking lady and you know with nice makeup on and start foaming at the mouth at my table you know i would i i was a minister i was in women's aglow ministry that's where i got trained and i go in there we all dressed and looking nice and having coffee and you know danish and coffee and somebody sitting across from me start going cross at it why me you understand why me why pick on me all you know what i'm saying but because <laughs> in fasting i was more sensitive to the spirit and my spirit was more visible to the devil so he said i better get this chick right now before she starts knowing i'm here you know they'll manifest like that sometimes but i learned how to bind them all up you go into a nice women's meeting where everybody sits and has coffee and day yeah and i'm binding the devil too because i know the joint's full of them And I tell them before I go in there, y'all ain't manifesting. You better not act up. You better behave and don't call nothing out and don't turn over no tables. Because they'll try to do it. You have, you think you had, I said, wait a minute, I ain't been in a bar in a lot of years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got a bar scene on your hand. I've seen them pound the table and look at me. I said, huh? I invited you. What? you understand what i'm saying so you have to do some fasting you know you really do you you talk to god and you understand what what's necessary to be done but you go to you think you're just going to pray for people you know and i don't hold hands with anybody when i pray i really don't i just stop that because you you know, I'll see people come up to the altar and they grab in my hands and I take them and put them. I said, what would you like? 
because that's a sign of agreement. I don't know, you know, and it ain't necessary. It really isn't. You don't have to hold, you don't have to touch nobody, pray with them. Now, I ain't scared of y'all. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not putting any condemnation on anybody. But you're all believers, right? Let's grow up and understand what we're doing here. So fasting really helps our unbelief. Mark 9.24. Since we're here. And straight away the father of the child cried out. He, he talked about what was wrong with the child. And he says oftentimes verse 22. He casts him into the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you can have, do anything have compassion on us and help us. And, and then Jesus turns it on him. See, it's always on the person asking for the help to exercise their faith. He said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. In other words, it's not about whether I had a good. Huh? It's about what you bring to the table. So the person asking the help must engage their faith in it. And right away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that, the people came running together. He rebuked the foul spirit and said, you deaf and dumb spirit, I charge you, come out of here and enter in no more. And the spirit cried and, and tore him sore and he, you know, went out of the kid. And, and then it says in verse 28, and, and when he was come to the house, this is the after, this is the after party. This is where everybody either gets rebuked. Now they, they know it's going to be no superstars and no attaboys in this crowd. They say everybody going to get it now because we sure enough messed up. Let that kid get thrown in the fire again. Had to pull him out. That wasn't right. How would we get into this mess? And so Jesus, when he was come to the house, his disciples asked him privately. <laughs> psst, psst, Jesus, come back here in the bathroom with me. Huh? Come here. What the, can I ask you something? <laughs> she said, no, come out here and ask me. So everybody can learn. He says, why couldn't we cast him out? It's a good question. He says, this kind comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, in another, another uh, um, 924. Uh, in another passage where it talks about the same example, he says, because of your unbelief. Do you know where that one is, Shannon? Can you find it real quick? When they ask the question, yeah, Matthew seventeen nineteen. It's the same situation. That's why there's more than one account in here. You read them all and you get some answers. And he says here, Jesus said to them, that verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus apart, said, why couldn't we cast him out? And he said, because of your unbelief. Truly, I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, nothing will be impossible. Howbeit this kind, unbelief comes out only by prayer and fasting. It doesn't matter what kind of devil it is. Question is, do you have the faith to meet it? Some of the growliest, snarliest devils come out pretty easily. Some sneaky ones that just wink at you and look funny. You say, is that a devil? Is that, it's kind of cute, but cute, but not. 
they'll tear up the room. You understand what I'm saying? It's, I don't know why I'm talking about casting out devils today, but anyway. But what you fast for, see, you can't go and not cast the devil out and then run home and fast for 21 days and come back and it's going to be there. Now, that's stupid to even think about it. This kind, he's talking about unbelief, comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. How do I know if unbelief is there when you get nervous in front of him and you want to run out the house? So get nervous and run out, but know that you got some work to do. You don't go anywhere and let somebody feed you coffee and donuts before you get up to preach. I mean, or to minister. I mean, come on now. It's just just protocol. Keep yourself well hydrated. Don't go nowhere and pass out. Don't think the longer you go without eating, the more power you have. That's a little crazy. But unbelief is what gets starved when you don't eat. When you turn yourself, when you turn on, sanctify yourself, in other words. That's what the holiness people called it. Get rid of the TV, the crazy stuff. Get crazy people out of your life. Don't get on the phone talking to nobody about nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Just set yourself apart so that God can speak to you and prepare you and anoint you for the work that you have to do. Amen. So God helps our unbelief. That's the other part of it. When this man cried, God, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Everybody believes as far as they know. Amen. Jesus said that many times. He said, you believe as far as you know. Apparently, Jesus helped this man's unbelief because he cast the devil out of the boy. You got me? The thing you need to know is Jesus always helps unbelief. He helps your faith. He strengthens your faith. He stirs up your faith. He encourages your faith. Whenever you you come short of something, always go to God. Don't think he's not there to help. This is not, he's not like setting you up to flunk. Huh? He's setting us up to pass every test. He's the author and the finisher. He wants us to come to us when we have trouble. That's why the disciples so readily came to him. They knew he wasn't going to tell. Well, he was going to rebuke them for sure. Correct them. Correction is necessary for improvement. But when you, you when you get corrected, you'll get something, an answer that will help you. Huh? Don't let religious people correct you doing nothing. You know what I'm saying. They just mean people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. They just had it. It's wrong. But but spiritual people, Bible says, if the righteous slap you out on the knock you out on the floor. They're doing you a favor. (laughs) I like to say that like that. It says when the righteous hit me, it's a kindness. Any attention a righteous person shows you will help you. (laughs) But don't let us get into the flesh with this thing. You know what I'm saying. But, But it is true. 
you'll find out sometimes you thought somebody didn't like you or being mean to you or something like that and you afterwards you sober up and you think about what they said and it's probably the most helpful thing that's really ever come into your life if you get over yourself you got me you gotta get over your feelings some of us need to be rebuked real good you know what i'm saying you just too much sometimes people do get off on the wrong tangent very very easy praise god so working your faith means believing also that you must perform your part and then god will bring it to pass what is your part it's continuing to believe for many of us it's not giving up on what god has told us yes god will bring it to pass but he won't work your faith he won't do the part you're responsible to do many times we'll get in the word real hot for a little short period of time and then we drift off and then we're asking god why didn't he do it yet you see what i'm saying what has happened is you have have done what the bible refers to as departing from the faith at least for a season see when you were in the word every day you didn't need anybody to encourage you when you were reading your word and worshiping god you didn't need a whole lot of outside propping up and feeling like it won't happen and win 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 god how 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 why do i have to always wait on you know what what we do and then you step away from the word as much and you didn't think it made that much difference to be in the word every day as much as you've been but it does because pretty soon you find your faith slipping and then you start questioning and wondering wondering is always unbelief i don't care how you dress it up make it pretty and take it to the prom it's still unbelief you got me and so when your mind starts wondering if you understand god you will get yourself back over into the word where you came from until you get back peaceful and in faith like you've been all along and we are supposed to live like that every day we're not supposed to be yo-yos jump in jump out jump down jump up jump this jump that we're supposed to be led by the spirit of god and he leads us and guides us safely he leads us and guides us peacefully you can keep your peace every single minute of every single day if you put your trust in god it doesn't have to wane and waver but then we'll get over into the corner of unbelief devil and lured you over there now he really beating up on you huh you just get distracted one day little voice says to you you don't have to read your word today you read so much yesterday that man that keeps somebody going for 15 years what you did whenever you had your little cheerleader telling you reading the word too much that's a devil huh but see many times we we're sketchy with the word a little bit here a little bit there and then you dive in there one day and you feel so good and different you start patting yourself on oh look what i did i i've been in that word i would look like ah, i didn't realize a whole hour went by and i didn't go to sleep not one time 
Well, yes, I did for a little bit, but I woke right up. And see, the enemy wants to get involved in your spiritual life real bad. Because if he can, he can push you away from God, make you think it's, well, you know, uh, uh, remember that tape we heard? Brother Hagin said, God told him, you don't have to get in the word every day like that. That was Brother Hagin. Huh? Me, myself, where I live and what I got to do. I'd be like Wigglesworth, keep that little pocket Bible in your pocket or you can whip it out every time you need to. Huh? And get yourself in your Bible. Amen. Your paper Bible is what Anita Bynum said. It's your paper Bible. Amen. So the labor in the word means for us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. When God approves of you, you can quit reading your Bible. That's what I thought. (laughs) People get a prophecy and they think that's an automatic. You know, we think that's a shortcut to grandma's house. Huh? (laughs) And the wolf is waiting for you, of course. (laughs) Hey, that little red rider. Yep. <clears throat> you have to labor in the word, folks. Study to show yourself approved unto God. You're you're studying and you're laboring for an eternal reward. I've seen people that give you fictitious courses and charge you big money for them, make you do all kind of work. And there's no even no there's not even a temporal reward for you for that. Think of some of the courses you took throughout your life and what you're able to do with them now. Uh-huh. That stuff gets to be a game after a while, folks. Sink a lot of money and a lot of confidence into it and you don't get much out. Understand what you're laboring for. When you labor for eternal things, and I'm not saying don't go to school, don't study, don't go there. Amen. But you got to give it only so much value. You understand what I'm saying? The value of God's word is so much higher. Amen. If your faith is not built up, whatever prophecy has been spoken over you will not be fulfilled. So you cannot just sit and wait for it to happen. Amen. Even if the devil puts a date and a time, he time stamps it and dates it for you and tells you exactly when it's going to happen. There were many people in the word of God who were told this time tomorrow, this time next year. And it came to pass. But they never tell you what those people did in that year. Huh? Kind of make you think they all come to pass automatically, doesn't it? Huh? But what God assumes is that you will continue on the route that you're on. Amen. Just keep doing what you've been doing. Faith keeps doing what you've been doing. Even when God promises you something, you don't stop doing what you've been doing to get to where you are. 
you continue doing it. Huh? And even more so. You're even more attentive and more alert. Because you can fall away from God with the least provocation. Most of us can. You understand? We can get a little slack. We slow down. We don't do as much. You let the devil tell you it's not necessary. Huh? Well, you don't need to do all that. No, devil, I need to do that more. I did more than that when I was serving you. You think I'm going to shortchange God? Huh? So you have to devote yourself to the work of of putting your faith to work all the time have a project ongoing in your life where you're you're exercising your faith god the prophecy said that if we would worship you and praise you more you do more for us so i'm worshiping you and praising you more please remind me holy spirit when I'm not doing an adequate job, you, you, that kind of thing, and put it to operation in that realm. Things that you think are not necessary to involve God in. And the, it, the list might be short tomorrow, but a year from now, it can be mighty long. You understand? You'll have so many things crossed off your list that the devil's tell you, oh, you can do that. God don't care. He's Ask him anyway. Huh? <laughs> Get it confirmed. Huh? Take the you don't take your mental word for nothing. Certainly you don't take the devil's word for anything. And you ask until you get peace about it. It might not be the time for you to step out and do that right now. And only God knows that it's it's gonna backfire on you. So there are certain things that we have to commit to God. So we have to pray believing That when we commit to God, he commits to us. He will bring it to pass. He will do in like measure. Whatever you measure out to him, he will in like measure measure it back to you. So you give him your full attention. You give him your full devotion. That's how you work your faith. Keep yourself involved in faith projects. If there's some things that you can pray for that will help other people, do that. You're exercising your faith. You're invested in somebody else's miracle. You're invested in somebody else's life. Always keep your faith out where God can see it. Many times with the disciples, they couldn't do certain things, and he would come to ask them, where is your faith? Huh? Why? Because he couldn't see it. You must always endeavor to keep your faith visible to God. God, I thank you that this answer is given already. I thank you, Lord, for my whatever, my job promotion, my new job, my this, my that. I thank you for this, Father, because I know you have it reserved for me. You're not asking him to make up his mind to give you something. He's already given it to you. But if you don't, uh, uh, if you don't perceive it, I'll put it, I won't, I won't say feel like it, but if you don't perceive it on the inside, you stay in the word until it gets real, till it's built up. We're trying to pull from out here and God's trying to put it in here first. You don't get anything from God that, that you don't get. You're, you have his glory on the inside of you. This is the same thing that this is how God began to speak and say, 
let it happen and it happened everything God created was inside of him he went in a Sears catalog looking for nothing for you these things are inside of him they are created by his imagination and they're conceived by his word and they're manifested by the Holy Spirit he does the same thing because he lives in us they have to be conceived in his word Mary didn't just have Jesus one day thought to herself "Hmm, I'm a holy girl I think I'll have a baby for the word came first the angel told her that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. That's why how we all conceive. You don't conceive what's for you looking at what your neighbor has. The Holy Spirit has to overshadow you in the word of God. And you look at it and you say, hmm, I think that's for me. That's how conception happens in God's kingdom. And then God begins to confirm it over and over again. Once it's inside of you, if you feed the word, you feed yourself the word, it's liable to pop at any minute. Amen? Amen. Amen. Women women who are about to give birth, you don't sign up for a vacation to the Bahamas somewhere and go leave where your doctor is waiting for you to have that baby. Once it's it's on the inside of you, And it will manifest in due season. Amen. The season that it's due, it will manifest for you. So you don't have to be concerned about God's faithfulness. He'll do what he says. He's concerned about yours. See, what we have to do is make sure that we're faithful to stay in the word, stay with the word, stay full of faith, feed your faith, pursue a life of faith. Just don't ever assume God something's okay with God. You gotta get talk to him about it and get peace. You understand what I'm saying? He'll put these ideas on the inside of us for us to nurture with his word. You don't go door to door looking for your wonder if my stuff is here. It's on the inside of you. Amen. Any woman with any inch of sense, if she's two months pregnant, she ain't looking to deliver that day. She praying it stays put till it's big enough to survive. That's what we need to do with our promises. Hope they stay put until they're big enough to survive when he brings it to pass. Amen. Why don't we stop? Thank you, Father, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand how to work our faith. Lord, faith must be put to work. I ask you, Lord, to help us be mindful, even if it's just to ask you to help us to understand things or ask you if we're to expect certain things from you, Father, to verify, to confirm. Lord, we thank you. Those are our exercises that work our faith. And we thank you, Lord, that our faith is, is released through your grace. You have ample grace and ample faith for us. We just need to understand what you want us to do with it and how to put it to work. We thank you, Lord, that we can partner in miracles for other people. Thank you, Lord, that we can keep our faith engaged in other people's lives. And it is a blessing to us that you will bring to pass for us what we help bring to pass for others. That you honor our faith. 
So we thank you, Lord, for honoring our faith and blessing us in every single way. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. There were a couple times that I sought the Lord about things that seemed to go traveling, little bugs that jump on everybody. And the one thing that bugged me was a cold that people seem to have. And I know people are concerned about the virus thing. And um, I was talking to the Lord about it, and I said, Lord, I thank you that I haven't had that. And he said that your faith sets an automatic limit on what the enemy's able to do to you. You got me? Your faith sets an automatic limit on what the devil's able to do for you. And and prior to that, I found myself talking to God about it and I was thanking him for it. And, and, and so I said, devil, you can't bring that to me. I'm not taking, putting up with it. I notice sometimes that I have just a runny nose and it seems to run when I go from outside to inside or something like that. But that's as far as it goes. And my mind doesn't think anything more about it. It's not just mental, but it's your spirit setting a limit on what the devil can do. And your mind doesn't engage and entertain that thought even after a symptom comes to you. You understand what I'm saying? You have to live that way. Um, you know, and I'm not putting condemnation on anybody about anything, especially if you have other symptoms to deal with. Sometimes it's like a runaway horse in your life. You just, you don't know which horse to grab first to make him stop. You understand what I'm saying? But you can set an automatic limit to it by taking no thought, considering not. Just make yourself not consider it and it will stop it so you're not harassed by the devil one thing after the other and one thing on top of the other kind of thing. But but I do ask him about these things and I'm not trying to set myself up as anybody ain't my thing. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's, but these things help us because they're testimonies to the faithfulness of God. To if you consider not and you can capture those thoughts related to symptoms because the first thing the enemy will do is try to get you to figure out why it's here and that kind of gives it permission to remain kind of thing so grab those things consider not do the things you need to do in the natural i make more chicken soup than anybody you understand what I'm saying <laughs> for myself and for other people, but but I believe in natural measures of comfort and things of that nature to help you not focus on symptoms. If they don't feel so bad, you don't have nothing to consider and think about. But but I strongly encourage you to use the tools that God's given us. Consider not your own body, especially when symptoms hit you, because if you do and you start wondering then you know they have permission to remain and give you a little more trouble than than they would normally but if if you will just use the simple principles like that i believe it 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 will help because i notice that sometimes it's easier to do this than at other times like when other people are are uh battling symptoms it seems like you get a little sympathetic toward 
you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's just a normal human mind will do that to you. But I believe that we can all stay in a high level of health if we will not consider these things and fight them on that, the consider when it's on a mental level, it's not, it's very, very weak to grab hold of you physically. And so you just continue to fight them. Uh, with that and and I think hopefully that will help us to stay symptom free because the weather's bad it's uh, weather's unpredictable Uh, I believe it's because there's stirring up in the spirit realm there are many many people who are praying for God to manifest his glory and many witches out there praying for it not to happen so the turbulence comes and there's fallout from the atmosphere to kind of pull us into a realm of of not perfect health or not optimum health that we want to walk in. Um, If you keep fighting those symptoms, of course they'll leave. But you want to set up like a resistance, you know, within yourself. And it it depends on what you consider, you know, after it starts to manifest. Does that make sense to everybody? We all good? All right. Well, Father, we thank you for what you've done for us today. Father, thank you for helping us to understand how to use our faith. We bless you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for the faith of the Son of God who loves us, cares for us. He paid the ultimate price even for the smallest of symptoms. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking good care, optimal care of us, excellent care of us in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's worthy.